everybody, for this encore episode today, we are actually going to replay the episode when Brian interviewed his mother-in-law. Now, it's not very long, so we wanted to challenge you guys with this. We wanted to challenge you after you listen to it, maybe listen to it again, and then think to yourself, someone older than you that you could ask about an experience that was maybe different than your own or a moment in time. So, for example, you know, ask about 9-11 if you are younger and you don't remember that and ask how it affected them and what and what those experiences meant to them or ask about the Vietnam War or World War II if you're so lucky to have somebody um, as old as that in your life. We want to really challenge you guys. This is a small episode. It's easy to digest, but it's going to have a lot of questions. So think about that when you're listening to this and then go out and do that. And when you do, email us back. We really want to know your experiences and what you learned. Hey everybody, this is Josh. So Brian recently had an opportunity to talk to his mother-in-law, Sherry, and she has some unique perspective on some of the things going on in the world today. I just wanted to come on here and say, we know we really appreciate you guys. And there's just a small audio problem with Brian, some of Brian's audio. Not all of it, just some, but the content's really good. We just wanted to get that out for you. Hey everybody, it's Brian. I caught an impromptu phone conversation with my mother-in-law, Sherry. She's from Southern Illinois, and she was a little girl when the Great Depression happened. And I think that some of the ways that her family knew how to do stuff coming out of that time in the Great Depression and rebuilding their life for the years forward benefited her and can benefit us today. So, Sherry, thanks so much for letting me record this phone conversation. You're welcome. Sherry, could you share with folks what your life in your family looked like after the Great Depression, probably maybe after the World War? There weren't maybe the conveniences available to you your family just had to know how to do stuff, and everybody was in a little bit different place. Would you mind just sharing how your life looked at the time? Right. Uh, we had to use stamps for shoes and sugar, and uh, if it wasn't available or we didn't have any stamps, we had to do without. And if we wore shoes out, we just wore them out. But my mother, she... She didn't work. She just took care of us kids. So we didn't have a whole lot, very little, actually. And best uh, I remember why I was about four years old. And she knew how to make homemade stuff, you know, cook homemade noodles and dumplings and things like that. So we made it pretty good. But if we wanted to run out of sugar, why, well, we just had to do it out. Got it. So I think we enjoy modern conveniences now. Where it's like, oh, hey, I just want a little pack of gum or a candy bar on the impulse aisle. That wasn't there, and economically it wasn't there for you. So I'm sure like how you live now and how you lived back then, you had a lot of shuffling of priorities and what was important to buy, right? Right. Yeah, even today, I thank God that he allowed me to go up with not very much so I learned how to make homemade food and stuff. Because we probably eat better than a lot of people because uh, I make things like cherry delight and uh, roast mm -hmm. and potatoes and carrots. And so we eat pretty good. good but uh, if we had to buy all that and go to the restaurant through the windows and get our stuff, well, we wouldn't get much. Gotcha. So as a lot of people have shifted jobs or lost jobs, or gone through some things, and they have a lot of resources now to be able to learn something digitally, 
What are some real-world practical skills that you would encourage everybody to take time now to learn so that they're more prepared in the future for living everyday life? Well, a person should learn how to crochet and knit because you could always make socks, you know, and things. If, if it got to where it was pretty bad and you couldn't afford something and they need to learn to sew because even before... When I was in junior high school, uh, we didn't have very much, so uh, one of my friends, my uh, sister's mother-in-law, gave her a skirt size 20, and at that time, I was like about a five or six, so I cut that skirt down and sewed it by hand, because my mother taught me how to sew, and I took little bitty tiny stitches, and I loved that skirt. It was a brownish corduroy, so, I mean... People need to not just sit around. They need to learn some skills and make it worthwhile. I mean, I've enjoyed crocheting, knitting, embroidering, reading, you know, and making quilts. Right now, I'd probably be a crazy pressed woman, but I keep myself busy with all that. I'm embroidering some quilt box right now. And, uh, and there's a lot of people that don't have to clean the house either. You know, at times like this, we need to use bleach water and stuff like that. But my mother was a very clean housekeeper, and so she taught me, and I taught my girls, and, and my sons even can clean the house real good. So there's a lot of things that, to, uh, that a person could do if they would just do it, especially young people. And they need to learn to get a cookbook and learn how to cook so they don't go hungry. Well, there you have it, folks. Sherry, thank you so much for sharing with listeners. I know they'll appreciate your words of wisdom. Stay safe. I love you. I'll hug your neck when I see you again real soon after all this stuff clears up. All right. I love you too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye.